I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, a physician and voice technology futurist. Voice First Technology is rapidly becoming the operating system of our lives, and it will completely revolutionize the way we experience healthcare. Let's talk voice. Voice First Health. The future of health is voice. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Voice First Health. It is really nice to have you along with me for this podcast episode. As you may know, if you've been following along, I was just recently in Chattanooga, Tennessee for the Alexa conference where I was very fortunate, very privileged to be able to give a couple of talks. One of those talks I was actually able to broadcast live and that talk was entitled No Appointment Necessary. Your healthcare team now lives in your home. And the talk was all about how voice technology is completely changing the way that we are experiencing healthcare and how this is going to occur over the next number of years. Now, what I've done is I've taken this recording and I have now produced this as a podcast for those of you that did not have an opportunity to be at the conference or to tune into the live episode. So, uh, without any further ado, this is the recording of my talk at the Alexa Conference 2019. I hope you will enjoy it, and I'll be back at the end of the recording for a couple of final words. Have you ever woken up and felt like something was off? You maybe rolled over in bed and <clears throat> you had a scratchy throat. <laughs> maybe a headache. You felt like you'd been sweating all night. And you realize something's not quite right here. And these thoughts start going through your head. Oh, okay, now I'm going to have to call into work. How am I going to get my kids to school potentially? Maybe I need to go see the doctor. Drag myself into the car, drive to the doctor. Assuming you've been able to make an appointment. Wait in the waiting room, shivering. Maybe the doctor says you've got to go to the pharmacy now. You've got to pick up a prescription. Go do that. Go back home. Climb into bed. It's a big ordeal. I want you to keep that picture in mind as we go on here. So my name is Terry Fisher. I'm a physician, as you heard, uh, a sport and exercise physician from Vancouver. And um, I'm a big technology enthusiast. And I've, with the Canadian healthcare, with all healthcare systems, there's a lot of problems. We have a lot of great things going on in our healthcare systems, but there's also a lot of problems. And I've been struggling ever since I entered medical school to figure out like how, how can we really make a change? And lots of things have been attempted to make changes in our healthcare system, and yet things really, as far as I'm concerned, are very much the same. But I think we're just on the, on the tip here. There's a tipping point with voice technology now where we're going to be able to radically transform the way that we all experience the whole healthcare journey. <coughs> You know, being, being, a, being a technology enthusiast, we've already heard a couple of references to sci-fi movies. I love sci-fi movies. We heard Minority Report and The Matrix. Have any of you seen Elysium? A couple of you have seen Elysium. So the, the premise behind this is the, the, the Earth has kind of gone to you-know-what, and there's this affluent community that have created a space station orbiting the Earth, and everybody's living up there, and they're all happy with all their money, and they've actually got these sick bays in their home, little mini clinics in their home. I want to play you just a short like it's a 20-second clip from this movie. And the, the, the scene here that you're going to see is a mother with her child bringing her for the first time into one of these homes and bringing her into this sick bay. All right? So think about that in terms of where 
the, the ideas of where we could be going in the future. There's no doctor here in the picture. This is all based on what's going on in the home. And we are now at the primitive stages of that with voice technology, where we can now start to interact with these devices, frictionless through our voices, in a way that takes pressure off of the healthcare system and can really have a profound impact on the patients. So, as I said, I'm a technology enthusiast. And when I was probably about 10 years old or something like that, I came home one day from school and my parents said, we bought this new thing. What's this thing? And I walk into the den, there's this boxy thing, and it looks something like this. It was a Tandy computer from Radio Shack. Anybody ever have a Tandy computer from Radio Shack? Yeah, that was the first personal computer that we had. And I sat down on this thing, and you remember what it was like, right? You had to take out the floppy, drive, the floppy disk and put it in the floppy drive and turn it on. And we'd sit there, and we'd wait, and we'd wait for MS-DOS to load, and it was all great. And then we ended up with this little prompt, and we'd start typing. And I, I can't tell you for the life of me what I typed, but I spent hours sitting at this computer typing something. I was just enthralled by this. And then, of course, you know, evolution of, of technology and MS-DOS went to MS-Windows. We had a graphical user interface, and I played with those um, the primitive sort of paint programs, and I drew little stickmen and that kind of stuff, and it was great fun. And then, of course, Steve Jobs inter- introduced the iPhone, and that was sort of a next big leap, and of course, I was one of the early adopters of the iPhone. And so what's the same about all of these things is, of course, with the first one, we had a keyboard. We had to adapt the way that we communicate with computers. We had a mouse. We had to adapt the way that we communicate with computers. This is the way that computers could understand us. And then, of course, a touch screen. And now, for the first time in history, as we know, the technology has caught up to the fact that we no longer have to adapt to technology. The technology is adapting to us in our most natural form of communication. So it's natural. We know this. We've heard this. Voice is natural. When babies are born, they cry. You know, kids are really good with with, uh, with uh, touch screens, but I've yet to see a baby be born and like text her mom that she wants to be fed. It doesn't happen like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the future. Um, it saves us time. How many of you get junk email and the first thing you do is you delete it? I do that. And then what happens? I get it again next week and I delete it again. And I get it again and I delete it again. Why don't I take the 10, 10 seconds that it takes to actually click the unsubscribe button is because those 10 seconds takes too much time for me. It's not convenient. And so... Saving time is key. What's the average typing speed? Anybody know average? I mean, there's, you know, there's a variability here. 45. About 40. Yeah, about 40 words per minute. What's the average talking speed? 150. So we're looking at, a, at about a three to four times efficiency rate when you get into voice versus anything else. If, if this wasn't efficient, I would be sitting here typing my message to you on the screen. Of course, that's ridiculous. All right, and of course you can multitask. You can, you can talk while you're bathing your kids. You can talk while you're working out. You can talk while you're driving. So, you know, we're, we're at this conference. We know this. We are about to experience the biggest technological change, in my opinion, since the internet itself, and this is going to profoundly change the way that we experience healthcare. So let's talk about healthcare. There's been a number of, um, of ideas about what would be the ideal healthcare solution. Let's get back to what I was saying, that we have yet to see a major change in healthcare. The ideal solution really comes down to three different factors. The right care, the right time, and the right place. And I want to talk about this in terms of the home and how this is going to transform what we're doing. So let's talk about the right care. So 
you get up in the morning, you're feeling ill, something's wrong, what is the right care at that moment? Now, if you're not a healthcare professional, how do you know what is the right care? How do you know where to go to get that care? How do you know when is the right time to get that care? You need to tap into some type of resource to explain that to you. Maybe the right care is to see your doctor, but maybe it's to take some medication, Maybe it's to do some physiotherapy for your, sore, for your sore muscles. Maybe it's to get a massage, or maybe it's just to, you know what? Don't go to the doctor and infect everybody else in the waiting room. Stay in bed with some soup, and that's the right care. So I'll tell you what British Columbia has done, um, and I know other jurisdictions have done a similar thing. They have this line called the HealthLink BC line, where you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you get in touch with a health service navigator, and this navigator can then get you in touch with live healthcare professionals who can give you some advice about what you should be doing. Now, you know where I'm going with this. Why can't we take this type of service and put it into Alexa? And all of a sudden, you've got your voice navigator. So instead of calling the service, which of course has staffing costs. And in, and in fact, some people may actually be a little bit apprehensive about calling a live person because it's like, do I, really need to, do I really need to make a call about this? I'm not sure. I don't know if I should bother them. But you've got Alexa and you can tap into the knowledge from reputable evidence-based sources, whether that's a nurse, a dietitian, a pharmacist, an exercise professional. And that's a way that you can find out what is the right care. Now, so, so in, such, in such a way, the voice-first ambient computing, as we're coming to, to refer this to as, can be a care provider. Now, what about the right time? This is, a, I don't, from personal experience, in, in the Canadian healthcare system, this is a huge problem. Because with it being a, a public system, there are huge wait lists everywhere. I can tell you, my mother was having severe hip pain. She was told she had to wait six weeks to see her family doctor for her hip pain, to get an appointment, or... If she could somehow get to the, the, uh, the appointment at about 9.30 at night, she could be seen in 10 days. Now, my mom with hip pain, who has limited mobility, is told that in order to get this looked after, you need to somehow make it over here at 9.30 at night. Okay? So this is a big problem, and there's big problems with you know, accessing um, uh, medical services at the right time. So, Again, same question. How do you know what is the right time for your problem if you don't have medical training? Maybe the right time is two weeks from now. Maybe you're, you've been feeling tired, you're unsure if this is a, a serious problem, and, and maybe you, know, you give it a week and then you go in. Or maybe you've got symptoms of a urinary tract infection that needs to be dealt that day. Or maybe you've got crushing chest pain and the assistant itself needs to call you an ambulance and get you connected to the hospital. This is a way that the voice assistant could help to determine what is the right time. And in such a way, this voice assistant becomes a triage nurse in your home. It can determine the level of urgency. It can help to direct the resources at an individual basis. But when you get this into multiple homes, all of a sudden you're looking at directing the resources of the population through individual interactions in the home. So, ambient computing will have the role of a triage nurse. And let's talk about the right place. Same question. Where do you go when you're feeling ill? Where's the appropriate place to go? I can tell you from personal experience, again, in the Canadian healthcare system, it's so hard to get in to see a family doctor 
that people with a cold think, you know what, the way I'm going to get my treatment is by going to the emergency department. I can tell you that an emergency department room visit for a cold is much more expensive than going to see your doctor in their office. So where's the right place? Is it the hospital? Is it the office? A community health clinic, a travel clinic, and so on. Therapist's office, or again, is it, to, is it the best idea in your certain uh, circumstances to remain in your home? So in such a way, these voice-first ambient uh, uh, computing devices become a tour guide. You know, for this problem and those questions, I suggest you go here. And for this problem, you should go here. And all of a sudden, again, when you know what the right care is, where to get it, the right place, and when to get it, the right time, you have a very valuable resource in your home. So we've heard a lot about aging in place and some of the great technology and some of the tremendous companies that are, uh, that are uh, leaders in the space. So just to highlight some of these ideas and, ke- and keep in mind the, the scenario that I painted at the beginning as, as, you, as you think about these now in that context. So aging in place, we know that this allows people to connect with family and friends. We know that you can get daily reminders. We've heard a lot from LifePod doing incredible work. And you can even reminisce about events. So imagine a, uh, an elderly person living on their own with isolation and loneliness being a real problem and they can tap into um, you know, something that was logged by a grandchild on their birthday three years ago. Tell me what, tell me what, you know, what did, what did my grandchild tell me on my birthday a couple of years ago? It's incredible what that will do for a sense of loneliness and isolation. Communication. Well, we've got a communication device, right? Once you put this in a home, the possibilities are just about endless. Automate communications. We've heard some, some people mention things like post-op care or care plans where it's automated in the home. And so for that, you know, you're, only, you're with your physician only a tiny, tiny percentage, of course, of your, of your daily uh, living uh, time. But when you've got this device, now you've got a constant communication with somebody who's a little bit of a surrogate for your care provider you can communicate with. You can schedule your appointments through there. And you can inform family and staff. You can stay in touch with people that need to know what's going on. Now, we've had a lot of discussion about HIPAA, right? A lot of the stuff I'm talking to is, is, is going to require uh, HIPAA compliance, which we know eventually will come online. That's a given. And, uh, and of course, a lot of the stuff that I'm speaking about, it has to be uh, from, from reputable resources that are evidence-based. Um, but we're making some assumptions here. Patient engagement. So we heard about care plan, macadamian, a companion to manage illnesses. AI insights and care. So as you begin to interact with these devices, they can start to, through their algorithms, notice when things aren't going right and things are off. And you need to be notified or your family needs to be notified or your caregiver needs to be notified. And once you start doing that, Think about how much data can be collected for the purpose of research and to figure out what trends there truly are when you're monitoring health information that up until now we haven't really been able to do on a consistent basis. And this part I personally find fascinating. We heard, we heard a fair bit about this, the, the biomarkers. Are, is anybody familiar with the term metadata in like digital photography? 
Okay, so for those of you that aren't, metadata is like the data that is captured in addition to the actual photograph. So things like the camera, the shutter speed, the light, uh, the location if you have GPS enabled, and that sort of stuff. I think of vocal biomarkers as the metadata for voice. Because when I ask my son, when he comes home from school, and I say to him, how was school today? And he says to me, it was great. That means one thing. And when I ask my son the next day, how was school today? And he says to me, it was great. The content is the same. The metadata, as I refer to it, is completely different, and it's got a completely different meaning. And if you can, if you can describe the difference that you heard in those two statements, then you can use algorithms and AI, machine learning, to pick out those patterns and make diagnoses and monitor cognitive decline and many more possibilities that we haven't even thought of. So vocal biomarkers, we've heard that, yes, you can use it to aid diagnosis. You can use it in real-time emotional insights. There's actually an app out there, if you're interested, I can tell you later. You can play this app, the live app, it's available right now, and it'll monitor your emotions based on your speaking right now. Um, and it can detect cognitive diseases. Fascinating. So I'm just going to uh, finish up here with a couple of quick slides here. You know, is anybody familiar with this term, patient-centered healthcare? So it's a nice concept. It's, it's, you know, the patient's at the center of the healthcare team and everybody's doing their best to look out for the patient and make sure that the patient is, you know, at the, at the forefront of everybody's minds, which is great. But here's, here's my view of it. So here's the patient. Oh, I don't know if this laser works. Anyway, you can see the patient there. And there's this sort of maze of bureaucracy, healthcare providers, um, anybody who is remotely involved with the care of this patient. And this patient, although they're at the center, they're trying to navigate this maze of a healthcare system, and it's extremely difficult, particularly for somebody that you know, is, is not familiar with the healthcare system. So I think in this world where we're now going from, uh, you know, from mobile or from, from you know, uh, typing to clicking to touchscreen, where we're now going to voice first, I think it's time to re- frame how we think about our patient interactions. And I think that we should start be thinking about, we should be thinking about patient-first healthcare, where this is the patient, and this patient is now the leader of their healthcare. And they can do that by tapping into the technology that they can have in their home. And by doing that, they can get some guidance, they're in control, and then they can access the healthcare team as needed, when needed, at the right time, at the right place. And it's the voice technology that's gonna allow us to do this. So we're going to be able to bring health home. And when we take these devices, like the Amazon Echo, and put them into a home, all of a sudden we have little med bays, little medical clinics in our homes, the beginning of the med bay that we saw in the movie. And when you put this into a bunch of homes in your community, whether it's individual homes or individual apartments in the apartment building, all of a sudden we have a community of little mini clinics. And just imagine how that will relieve the pressure on the healthcare system, relieve the pressure on the overworked healthcare workers, and what that will do for the patient experience and for their all overall quality of life and, and their overall health. So that first scenario that I painted, let's, let's use our imaginations. 
How will, how will it be in the future? When in the future? I'm not too sure, but I think it's going to be sooner than, than we all think. Is you'll wake up in the morning and you'll say, Alexa, I don't feel so well. And Alexa will say, I'm sorry to hear that. Would you like me to help? And you'll say, yeah. And Alexa will run through some symptoms with you. Do you have, do you have a sore throat? Do you have a fever? Do you have a headache? Uh, you know what? I, I think you might have strep throat. Would it be okay if I ordered a rapid strep test and sent it to your house, have a courier to your house right now? And you go, yeah. And the doorbell would ring and there's the courier with your strep test. And you take that and you say, Alexa, I've got my strep test. And Alexa talks you through how to do it. And maybe it's Bluetooth enabled or IoT and Alexa says, okay, I just interpreted the results for you and it's positive. Would you like me, I know, I know your medical history, I know that you're allergic to whatever medications, would it be okay if I sent a prescription into the pharmacy and we had that delivered to you in the next hour or so? And you go, sure. And while I'm at it, Alexa says, you know what, obviously you can't go into work today, let me make a phone call if that's okay with you and I'm going to uh, act as, as a surrogate on your behalf and I'm just going to call work and tell them that you can't come in today. Great, okay. And uh, that medication gets delivered and you take the medication and then Alexa monitors your recovery and if there are any problems, any red flags, then you know, Alexa can intervene and send you to the doctor. Something to think about. So I think it's time to think about voice-first healthcare and how that's going to change and how we're going to go from a patient-centered experience to a patient-first experience. Thanks very much. So there you go. Those were some of my thoughts about the future of healthcare. I find it fascinating, obviously. I think this has so much potential as far as taking pressure off of the healthcare providers and the overworked and the overcrowded facilities that we currently have. I would love to hear your feedback on this and get a discussion going. Please feel free to contact me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Dr. Terry Fisher, D-R-T-E-R-I. F-I-S-H-E-R. And if you'd like to refer to the show notes for this episode, you can find those and all of the other podcast episodes at voicefirsthealth.com slash 23. Thank you again for tuning in. It really means a lot to me. And I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Take care and have a great week. <laughs>